If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, beginning of verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Salt and light. It's what we are called to be. It's what we are supposed to be. Salt speaks of that which draws out good flavors, subtly hidden in food, and preserves what would otherwise spoil. Light, that which illuminates, exposes, draws, guides. Salt and light make a difference. Imagine our world, imagine a world without salt and light. A world without salt, bland, weak in flavor, and wanting in preservation. A world without light, dark, plagued with similitude. The Voice Bible reads, you, beloved, are the salt of the earth. But if salt becomes bland and loses its saltiness, can anything make it salty again? No, it is useless. It is tossed out, thrown away, or trampled. And you, beloved, are the light of the world. A city built on a hilltop cannot be hidden. Similarly, it would be silly to light a lamp and then hide it under a bowl. When someone lights a lamp, she puts it on a table or a desk or a chair, and the light illumines the entire house. You are like that illuminating light. Let your light shine everywhere you go that you may illumine creation so men and women everywhere may see your good actions may see creation at its fullest, may see your devotion to me, and may turn and praise your Father in heaven because of it. The word of the Lord tells us that believers are salt and light. The message paraphrase, let me tell you why you are here, if you were wondering. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. 
If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. What words? By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Called to be salt and light. Supposed to be salt and light. In fact, we are salt and light. And yet there is a cautioning. The cautioning... Don't lose the flavor. Don't hide the light. Don't lose the taste. Don't lose the shine. Salt. Salt has a purpose. Salt serves a purpose. And here we see the purpose of the Lord that we would bring out. The God flavors. The people would taste godliness. Does the Bible not say, taste that the Lord is good? And the Lord uses us in the fulfilling of this. That people would taste the Lord, would taste His goodness, would taste the flavor of godliness. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? You know, the Bible says, as we've read, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Sobering words. Followers of Christ... Ye are the salt of the earth. You help to preserve it and to subdue the corruption that is in it. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? A professing Christian with no grace in him, a religious man whose very religion is dead, what is the good of him? And he is himself in a hopeless condition. You can salt meat, but you cannot salt salt. You know, if people can't taste the difference, if the power of salt has diminished, we must first look to self before we claim that they have a taste problem. We must ensure that we don't lose the savor. That's the call in the text. 
that we don't become bland, that we don't lose the saltiness, lose the taste. You are the salt. For what good then if we have lost the savor? What good then is our claims in religion? What good then is our attempted witness if there is no taste to back up the profession? You see, what ends up happening is that salt is trampled underfoot by men. It's discounted. It's discarded. It's walked upon, walked on, trampled underfoot. It tries to pass as salt, and yet there's no flavor. Flavorless claims. Flavorless seasonings. Rejected with disdain. I read these words recently. People don't enjoy salt. They enjoy what is salted. We are the salt of the earth. We do not exist for ourselves. You know, this is one of the things we must be careful of. One of the things we must be careful of as believers and followers of Christ, that we do not become consumed with people liking us or enjoying us, because this often leads to us losing our flavor. We, in fact, forfeit it for acceptance. Listen to these words tonight. The church must seek to be biblical rather than relevant. We are not going to leave a mark upon our culture because we have studied its ways and adapted ourselves to it. We are relevant when we reject the world outright and are its polar opposite. This present darkness provides a great opportunity for the church to be the salt of the earth. But if we mix with the very impurities we are supposed to expose, we are as useless as our culture already believes us to be. You are the salt. We must keep the savor. We must keep the flavor. You know, I thought about it this week, and isn't it true that salt is salt wherever it is? Salt is not salt only in the cupboard. Salt is salt on the counter. Salt is salt on the table. It's salt on the plate. It's salt on the food. It's salt on the tongue. I wonder, anybody here tonight with an identity crisis? We are salt. That's what the Lord is saying. We are to be salt in every place, in every season, in every circumstance, in every situation. One stated these words, there must be something strangely sacred about salt. It is in our tears and in the sea. Listen, we look at our world and we know, we know it needs salt. We understand how desperate the need is. As we look at our world, 
John Piper said these words, We do not smirk at the misery or the merrymaking of a moral culture. We weep. Being pilgrims does not mean being cynical. The salt of the earth does not mock rotting meat. Where it can, it saves and seasons. And where it can't, it weeps. You are salt. The Lord would say tonight, the Spirit of the Lord would come tonight to remind us of what we are, what we're supposed to be. Light. J.B. Phillips' New Testament, you are the world's light. It is impossible to hide a town built on the top of a hill. Men do not light a lamp and put it under a bucket. They put it on a lampstand, and it gives light for everybody in the house. Let your light shine like that in the sight of men. Let them see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven. The Amplified Bible, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So the question tonight that we could ask is, why would you light a lamp and put it under a bucket? What's the point? What's the use? What's the value? Why would we put it under a basket? Why have it become a basket case? I see a picture of light traversing through life with a basket in tow, a basket under which it can hide. A basket under which it can go unnoticed. A basket under which it can conceal self. Why? So it can blend in. Exist in darkness without being seen. The words of David Wilkerson. Jesus tells us, ye are the light of the world. Matthew 5.14 his statement here is about much more than just doing ministry. It extends beyond teaching, preaching, or passing out tracts. Christ tells us very plainly, ye are the light. He is saying, you are not just a reflection of the light. You're not a mere conduit. You are the light itself. And the intensity of your light depends upon the intensity of your walk with me. It's so true. Do you see what the Lord is implying here? The world recognizes those who walk closely with Him. Your neighbors or co-workers may not know about your daily communion with Christ, 
your faith in Him, your utter dependence upon Him, but they do see the light that shines from you because of the life you have with Him. And as long as nothing hinders that life, your light will continue to shine in the darkness. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, Matthew 5, 14. Jesus is saying, I have put you on exhibition to the world. People are looking at you because I've made you a spectacle. You're a light that is not meant to be hidden. He continues, so who are these lights set on a hill? And where do we see them? They are not usually found in the limelight. They aren't among the self-centered, self-promoting people who live for recognition in this world. And they are not among those self-important church cliques who pretend to be holy but gossip, murmur, and complain. Through the years, I've seen many believers who appear godly, but in truth are spiritually lazy. They tell others about their failings and weaknesses, thinking this makes them humble, yet they are quick to judge others. They don't possess the true, giving, loving, servant-like spirit of Christ. On the contrary, the light they have is actually darkness. Jesus says, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Matthew 6, 23. Where there is no life of Christ, there can be no light for others. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The reason that we are to let our light shine forth to the world is that God may receive glory. Ye are salt, and ye are light. You know, there's another problem today. The problem today is that there are dimmers on the shelves. Last time I strolled through Home Depot, there were dimmers on the shelves. You know, in my home, I have dimmers on the light switches, and I appreciate those dimmers. Pretty much have them on every one because life looks better in a dim-lit room. However, when it comes to our lives, when it comes to our lives as the light of the world, there are to be no dimmers installed. No turning down the light, no decreasing the intensity. I asked tonight, why would we? Why would we turn down the light? Why would we decrease the intensity? God's called us to shine. Ye are the light. And yet we install a dimmer. Off to work. Let's just dim it down a little. Hanging out with that group of friends, let's just dim it down a little. Hanging out with family that doesn't know the Lord. I mean, we don't want to shine too bright, right? Just dim it down a little. Why would we? To make it easier on us? 
or to make it easier on the eyes of unregenerate humanity? Let us remember that we do not exist for ourselves. And I think that's a problem today. Believers that are called to be salt, believers that are called to be light, and we all are. We no longer live for ourselves. We no longer exist for ourselves. We aren't some man-made light, some fake light, some synthetic light. The King James Version, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle. When you look it up, it speaks of a portable lamp. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know why I love the King James Version? It reads candle. It speaks of a candle lit by someone, lit by a holy flame, a divine lighting. It speaks of a life put on a candlestick, and there it stands with a purpose, for a purpose. I've lit you. I've lit you. I've called you to be light, says the Lord. I've lit you like a candle. We know that the Lord isn't the one putting the bucket on top of us. We know that it's not the Lord placing the bushel on top of us. We know that the Lord is not the one installing a dimmer. We're called to shine. What a wonder to be lit by the Lord. What an honor to be placed by the Lord. And can you hear those holy words? Let there be light. As his sons and daughters rise in the morning, let there be light. As they leave their homes in the morning, walk down the steps, off the porch, let there be light. The world needs light. Ye are the light of the world. You know, he has lit us to use us. Acts 13, verse 47, For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Mother Teresa said these words, we need to give Christ a chance to make use of us and to be his word and his work, to share his food and his clothing in the world today. If we do not radiate the light of Christ around us, the sense of the darkness that prevails in the world will increase. He has lit us for good works. 
to capture the attention of the world. Matthew 5.16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Isn't that interesting how it reads? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, not just hear about them, not just be told about them, but that they might see, that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. D.L. Moody said these words, we are told to let our light shine. And if it does, we won't need to tell anybody it does. Lighthouses don't fire cannons to call attention to their shining. They just shine. The Lord has lit us to proclaim His praises. To proclaim His praises in the earth. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation. I trust you can receive the text tonight. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people. Period, no. That you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. The Lord has lit us to deal with darkness. You say, come on, little old me, I'm just a candle. Yes. Ephesians 5, verses 8 to 11. For you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Martin Luther King Jr. said these words, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Only light. Ye are the light of the world. The Lord has lit us to give light to all who are in the house. Matthew 5.15, it gives light to all who are in the house. The word here, house, speaks of property, residence, abstractly but usually concretely, an abode, literally or figuratively, by implication, a family, especially domestics, home, household. Giving light to all those in the house of the Lord. Giving light to all those that dwell in our residence, that frequent our residence, that visit our residence. That they which come in might see the light. That they might see the light. And the Lord has lit us that we remain lit. Philippians 2, verses 14 to 16, do all things without complaining and disputing. Lord, help us. <laughs> that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. 
And we read scriptures like 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? You know, the Lord has lit us, and His intent is that we would remain lit. And not that we'd hide the light, traverse through this life with a bucket in tow, that we dim down the light in certain seasons, in certain places. Listen, we all know we've faced the pressure. Dim down the light. Dim down the light. It's tragic when believers regress, turning from light to darkness. The words of Watchman Nee, the devil, the devil abhors light and truth because these remove the ground of his working. I wonder tonight, is there a basket we need to get rid of? Or perhaps we need to uninstall the dimmer. Is there a basket we need to get rid of? Matthew 5.15, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel or a basket, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. We can have the worship team return. The word of the Lord tonight, come out from under the basket under the bushel, if you've placed yourself there or if others have pressured you to take cover, we understand the pressures we face in certain environments to hide the light, to dim down the light. But the Lord has called us to shine. The Lord has called us to shine no matter what. Whether people like light or not, the Lord has called us to shine. You know, the Lord would like to use each of us. Every single person here tonight. The Lord would desire to use each one of us. He has lit us for a purpose. And the Lord setting light is what we see, setting us in the darkness, in dark places. The reality here tonight, you have your place of influence. You have your place of shining. Your place of ministry, your place of calling, your place of destiny, your place of purpose. What good can come if we turn into a basket case? People incapable of functioning normally. Light incapable of functioning normally. Christians incapable 
of functioning normally. Wise words such as these, the fundamental principle of Christianity is to be what God is, and He is light. Banning Leapcher, he's been in this house before preaching. He said these words, The enemy knows he can't defeat your light, so he convinces you to hide your light. That's real. Convinces Christians to hide the light. To dim it down. To conceal it. Yeah, go to church and take the bucket off. I mean, can you imagine? I didn't see anybody here tonight walk in with a bucket on their head. Go to church and take the bucket off. Shine in the church. But as soon as you get out the doors, as soon as you get to the car, as soon as you hit the restaurant, as soon as you head home and you know there's pressure in the home. You get up Monday morning. Wow. You were free on Sunday. You sure shone. And now Monday morning. You know the environment you're going to. You know the people that God's placed you in front of. He's called us to shine. Salt and light. It's who we are. It's what we are to be. It's what you are, and it's what you are to be. That's the heart of the Lord, salt and light. The Bible says that Christians are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. On the job, in the grocery store, even among unsaved friends and family members, God's people are there to bring seasoning to an unsavory situation. Man, the world needs salt and light. And I pray that we never forget what we're called to be. I pray that every time you see a salt shaker, you remember that you are the salt. That every time you go through a drive-thru, I'm not saying eat that food, but if you go through a drive-thru, and you get a little packet of salt. You know what I'm talking about. The Lord's speaking to you. You are salt. Every time you flick on a light, let there be light. I am light. I am light. That the Lord would use these very practical things that we see every day and use every day to remind us of who we are. We get down on our knees. Lord, you've got to remind me of who I am today. For some here, maybe write down a reminder. Maybe set your alarm, you know. I got a phone and I set my alarm and mine says the Lord is always with us every and whatever day it is. I wake up and that's what it says. 
The Lord is always with us every Monday. The Lord is always with us every Tuesday. The Lord is always with us every Wednesday. That's the first thing I read when I wake up. It's a good reminder. So maybe you need to set. You are salt. You are light. So you read it on Monday. Tuesday, you are salt. You are light. And it will remind you in the morning. It will remind you at night because you're going to set your alarm at night, right? So you're going to read it. You are salt. You are light. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Next week, you can change it. No dimmers. Get rid of the bucket. Ye are not a basket case. I'm just having fun. It's okay to have fun in church. You are salt. You are light. I pray that we remember it. Listen, the reality is we're going to leave this place tonight. And the Lord is going to spread us across the city. Different places of influence, different spheres of influence. Some here tonight, you know, most of your family is saved. For some here tonight, you're the only one saved. And God's saying, you are salt, you are light, go shine. As we enter wherever we go this week, that's what the Lord is calling us to be. Bring out the God flavors in this world. Shine and illumine creation. Let your good works be evident that people can see, can see, can see, not just be told. You know what it's like when you have to tell somebody you're a Christian? Just shine. Just shine. Let's stand tonight.